0: Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. We have an incredible guest with us today. Meet Shelly. Shelly. Paxton. Think Brene Brown meets Biker Babe with a dash of Liz Gilbert. Are y'all excited? (laughs) She is the chief. She is the former chief marketing officer of Harley Davidson, and she found herself at the top of the proverbial mountain feeling success empty instead of success full. That awakening led her on a profound soulbatical journey that became her mission, business, and best-selling book, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It was named the number one on Forbes 2021 books to read in the 2021 list, and she is leading a revolution to rewrite the script of success and liberate a billion souls. I am so excited to dig in with Shelly today. Welcome.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
0: Shelly, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you for taking time to be with us.
2: Oh my god, I'm so excited. I've already told you. I think we're soul sisters, so it's about time. (laughs) I love it. Yes,
0: I love it. Well, let's tell the listeners who you are, how you kind of got onto this journey, and what lit your soul on fire to kind of follow this path.
2: Oh man, I'm going to give you the abbreviated version because we could talk for hours (laughs) about this. So you tell me where you want to take detours on this. Okay, but. Yeah. The short version is I call myself chief soul officer of my life and my business. And that was born from my experience of having spent 26 years in the corporate world, having gotten to the top of the proverbial mountain. I was chief marketing officer of Harley freaking Davidson. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) <laughs> super, super cool and an incredible honor. I mean, I don't regret a single moment of my career and everything I did to get where I was, but I, you know, maybe some of your listeners can relate to this. I got to that point and I was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, I'm gonna feel whole. I, I'm gonna feel on fire. I'm gonna feel yeah. all of these things. And yet to the outside world, I looked successful and inside I felt what I call success empty. Right. And I was like, that's powerful. Yeah. I was like, how can I be in this place? And then I started feeling really guilty. I'm like, oh my God, I have all this privilege and I've had all this great fortune. And I've had all these decades of incredible experience with iconic brands around the world. I mean, hell, for my job, I ride motorcycles around the world. Like, girl, what's wrong with you? Right. And, and I realized that I didn't have words for it at the time. I've kind of created the language around this since those days. And I left Harley five years ago, um, yeah, literally five years ago last month. And so I didn't have the language, but what I realized was I was totally having a crisis of the soul and what yeah. I was starting to understand and had this crazy nightmare that was ripping me out of my sleep night after night after night for the last year that I was at Harley and that was basically my soul and the universe going like, hello, we've whispered, we've shouted, and now we're gonna whack you with a two by four, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, wake up girl, because this isn't your truth. And what I ultimately realized is I was living my dad's dream as so many of us are, right? We live our parents' dream, we live society's dream, we live everyone else's dream and expectations but our own and we're continuously willing to disappoint ourselves Selves. And I was like, no, no more. I owe this precious soul of mine some space and some airtime to reconnect and understand, like, what it, where is it leading me? What is my truth? What does it want me to do? And so it took about a year but I ultimately walked away from what you could argue is probably the sexiest job in marketing yeah, insert to become my own chief soul officer and to understand what my truth is and pursue what I now call a success full life versus a success empty one. And that starts from the inside out.
0: I love it. Okay. Let's unpack this for a little bit. So you, you started having this dream. You started having these Heart tugs, like, this isn't where you're supposed to be. This is not what you're supposed to do. Like, new path for you, girlfriend. What was the first thing you did to like move towards like truly where you wanted to be, like in alignment with how what felt the best?
2: Well, let's, let's first acknowledge what we all usually do first, which is try to pretend this thing isn't happening, right? Yes, so, totally a hundred percent. Right, just so no one feels alone and thinks that I have some magical superpower that's like, I heard this thing and it was all so clear and I started immediately moving in this direction. Right. Like I said, it took me a year because I went through that same resistance. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm gonna start, I always say my favorite question is what are you pretending not to know? And so for me, I was pretending not to know that this was the truth bubbling up and that this nightmare was here to course correct, you know, me in my life toward my truth. And yet that was the scariest imaginable thing. So to be honest, the first thing I did was say, I need to understand this because I don't get it. I get that something big is happening. I get that the universe is shaking me by the lapels and literally waking me up, but I don't understand it. I don't know what this means. I don't know where it's taking me. And I, the only thing I've ever known is this career I've built over 26 years. Yeah. And so I actually went in search of help. I went to a doctor who practices a combination of Eastern and Western medicine and I said, I don't know what's happening to me, but I feel like I'm losing my mind. And I don't have anyone in my world at the time. I didn't have anyone in my world who could help me make sense of this. They were all just like, well, "That's that's crazy talk. You have the best job in the world. Stay in your job, do the thing. And yet I knew there was something deeper and I needed help. And so he introduced me to meditation. As one of the many things that we that he helped me to understand and he's the first person who said to me you have monkey brain you have monkey mind (laughs) you have not spent a single minute just slowing down yeah and taking a beat and listening deeply and so that was honestly the very very beginning the first step in the direction of like Oh, so that's what it's like to start to reconnect with this beautiful voice inside that is our truth, our essence. And then I started to see over time, probably a couple few months into meditation, and I'm not saying meditation is the be all end all. I actually think what it really was for me is this idea of slowing down. Because like so many people, I was addicted to busyness and I wore it oh, like yeah. a badge of honor, right? I was yes. like proud, so proud. So that slowing down was step number one for me. And it started to help me reveal What is my truth? And what was I really seeing in that nightmare? And I understood that I was seeing actually my dog, who had been dead for six years, actually more than six years, six and a half years at this point. I was seeing my dog, who I was discovering in this nightmare, was still alive, literally just just fur and bones on the floor in this utility closet that I didn't know existed and I didn't know he was still alive. And I started to understand, like I still get emotional thinking about it, that he was the proxy for the condition of my soul. That my soul was crying out to me saying, I feel neglected, like love me, feed me, nourish me. And when I finally sorted that out, I realized I had big work ahead of me. And that's what gave me the courage to overcome the fear of like, I'm gonna step into the unknown to do this thing that frankly, nobody around me has done. I yeah. was setting a precedent. And um, so that was the very, very beginning. And I would tell everybody slow down because we have got the answers inside. We're just sometimes not listening or we don't wanna listen.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of that stems from just like you said, the fear of letting everyone else down because you were successful. You were living this prestigious life. You were like at the top and from the outside, like you said, everyone was like, she's got it. Like she's got it all. So how did you deal with that internal battle of like, I'm going to let my dad down. I'm going to let like how did you face those things? How did you oh, kind of man. come to realization that you had to step through that?
2: Yeah, it was the single hardest part. I actually called my leaving Harley when I finally realized that's what I had to do to be true to me and that that you know, I, I called it my second divorce. So I had been divorced. And I was like, oh my God, but sometimes we have to leave those we love to go into the next chapter, the next season of our lives, to own our truth and be willing to disappoint others instead of constantly being willing to disappoint ourselves. And that I think was the reckoning for me is that this was my moment in time where I was like, man, I, at the time, I was, I was 46 years old when I left Harley. So I was no spring chicken, right? I still consider that young. Today I'm 51. It's five years later. But this was kind of a late in life, you know, midlife crisis sort of moment for me where I was like, Wow. I've done all the things people wanted me to do really well. And I have been rewarded handsomely and paid handsomely. And I've got the titles and the money and the accolades and a resume that people would kill for. And yet I've, I've shoulded all over myself, as I say, right. Like I call them the shackles of should. And I finally was like, Yeah, you know what? It's time that I have to say, what do I want to do? What do I love to do? What do I get to do? And shift my own language at the risk of disappointing everyone around me. And I'll tell you that phone call to my parents, you nailed it. That phone call to my parents, was, and probably to this day still is, the scariest moment of my life. I did not think I was gonna survive (laughs) picking up. And they weren't very understanding if I'm honest. So anybody who's listening to this and is in a similar place, you know, it's not a fairy tale ending. They they understand now and they're super supportive. My parents actually, I end my book with the apology from my mom on behalf of her, of my dad. My dad is uh, suffered from a stroke, which was my second big wake up in all of this that we may or may not get into. But suffice it to say, the nightmare, and then my dad having a stroke about eight months into my initial journey were the two things I went, if not now, then when, yeah. right? If if not now, then what am I doing? And so um, it came full circle that. My mom read the manuscript of the book and came to me, and part of the epilogue is the apology. She said, we really didn't understand it, Shelley. People in our baby boomer generation do not leave jobs without another job. Yeah. We didn't know any better. And now we see how unhappy you were because we can see how fulfilled and radiant and vibrant and loving life and on purpose and mission that you are today. And you know what? Sometimes we just, we have to let people go on that journey with us disappointed until they're not.
0: Oh my gosh. This is so powerful. Like everything you're saying is just, what i am obsessed with like just being in alignment following your heart not because someone else says you should but because you just feel pulled towards it like i'm this you're such a just a huge example of what can happen when you step through that scary stuff because most people are not willing to do that they're not willing it's just too hard it's too scary it's too uncertain And you all, like, you all know, we crave certainty. We crave significance. We crave, those are human needs. And those were met. Those were being met with your other career. And yet you still had this strong pull of like, this is not it for you, Shelly. This is not it for you.
2: It's so true. And honestly, I mean, so here's another example of how I was so scared I didn't know how to explain this to people because I wasn't as woo as I probably am now because I bridge (laughs) like the business world and the woo world. And I love it.
0: Yeah, I love it too. I didn't
2: understand even my own spirituality. I didn't understand my soul. I didn't understand any of this. And so I started to create language. Little did I know that it was going to be the beginning of me trying to put a new lexicon around a new way of living because I only ever had society's way of defining it. So talk yeah. about courageous in a way I didn't understand. Like I, I literally wrote. Uh, so I said I woke up one day and I was like, I'm going on a journey that I'm calling my soulbatical. I'm like, what is that? It literally just came to me. It was my first maybe understanding of what it's like to be more connected with yourself and with the universe and and all the beautiful things. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting because it isn't a vacation. I'm not going to another job. It's not a traditional sabbatical but it is this responsibility to explore and connect and like deepen my relationship with my soul and understand it. And now fast forward five years, I've written a, a definition for what sabbatical is because it's that, but it's really a way of being. Yeah. And I'll, I literally keep this on my desk. I will read this very brief description because it's all the things that you just said. It's why you and I are <laughs> connecting on the level that we're connecting on because solbatical is a way of being in full alignment with one's soul. It's a conscious choice to live and lead with greater authenticity, courage, and purpose in order to experience true fulfillment.
0: I love it. I love it so much. And this is what your book is all about, correct? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, tell us about that. Tell us about your book. What can we expect from it? I'm like so excited to snag it. I'm so excited. Oh I'm like, this Girl, is just I'm everything. Send it to
2: you. I will send it to Yay. you. I'll send you a signed copy. So okay. we'll, we'll do all of that after <laughs> we record. But it's my gift to you for, you know, I, I just, I love being connected with you and all of in your beautiful community. So thank You're you so for sweet. that. Thank you. Um, but so the book literally is it's the journey. I'm getting goosebumps as I'm saying it. God, that's so funny. I haven't had that experience in a while. I, <laughs> It is, I describe the book as this part memoir, part manifesto, part interactive guide. Nice. And so I, I never set out to write a traditional memoir, but what I did understand is that by me sharing my story, and I don't mean the polished, glitzy, successful marketing and advertising executive story. I mean the, what was really going on on the inside raw and vulnerable story. That's the book. The book is like, and, and I've had many people from Harley and other chapters of my career read the book book and call me or write to me and just say we had no idea and I wish I would have known this about you because I was experiencing something similar. Yeah. And so they say I maybe this will be helpful to somebody who is going to tell their story because I believe we should all share our story as courageously and vulnerably as we can and especially when it feels scary. I made a commitment at the beginning of writing this book that I was going to write the book to The person I was when I was leaving Harley and I wanted to put an arm around that 46 year old woman who was scared to death, who had no role models or precedent for this, who didn't know what to do and say, I got you. And so the whole book is written like through that lens of I'm going to share all the scary stuff and I want to share what my lessons, my learnings, my failures, my language, like all of the things along the way so that you can then turn the mirror on yourself and ask similar questions so at the end of each section of the book i share a framework and i share a bunch of questions to say great pause think about my story but really it's about reflecting yeah. you know on your own lived experience and your own truth and it goes through you know authenticity courage purpose and fulfillment are really the four sections of the book and i kind of you know you go on the wild roller coaster ride with me because that's what it is. It's a hell of a story that starts from when I was 16 to when um, you know to sabbatical to current day. And the part that I'm most proud of is it really is about putting my arm around anybody who's reading this book and helping them on their own badass courageous journey toward their own truth. And that may or may not look like leaving your job. I, this is the thing I always feel compelled to say. This sabbatical doesn't mean pick up and leave your job. Right. Sabbatical means be true to you. You know that often it, I always say the t- <laughs> authenticity is the truest form of rebellion because society wants us to be anything but true to ourselves. So true, yeah. Right? And so this yeah. is my way of sharing my story warts and all so that we can all connect and not feel so alone in doing the hard things as Glennon Doyle says. Yeah.
0: I love it so much. And I love that within your book, you're having the readers apply because application is where transformation happens. So it's one thing to read your story and be like, Oh, that's great for her. But it's a whole nother thing for them to take the journey with you and then be able to do that internal work so that they can come out on the other side, feeling so much more them feeling so much more just in alignment. That's and powerful. it's
2: scary, I mean, I'm, I'm working on creating a community right now that I'm calling Soul Circle. And what, what has struck me is that there are a lot of people who are reading this book and coming to me and I've kind of shifted out of one-on-one coaching and I want there to be more scale and more accessibility in what I'm doing. And I'm just about to start writing book number two. And I'm, I'm like, how do I create this brave, and safe container for all of us to inspire each other, challenge each other on this journey and accelerate our journeys together because we're choosing to live more authentically, more courageously, more purposefully and to support each other in doing that. So I'm still playing around with what all this looks like but I understand the power of us doing this because I felt so freaking alone at the beginning of this I was looking around and I've had to curate my community and my network and now I have people around me who understand it and inspire me and um, but I didn't when I just had my business not just but when I had my business network and people who understood a way of being yeah (laughs) I didn't feel very supported
0: Yeah. And you just feel boxed in. And like, I love that you're cultivating a community where people can just truly be themselves and then be supported in that journey. Because I'm sure that most people that are feeling this tug are feeling like you did when they're like, wait, I can't let these people down. I don't have anyone who's stretching me. I don't have anyone who's kind of giving me that nudge to go for it. And then they just kind of sit back. So you're giving them this community and the springboard to kind of like, soar and to experience this journey. That's incredible. Quick time out from the show to let you know that I am looking for the next women that I'm going to mentor on my team. This is within Team Beach Body. We get to lock arms together. I get to be your mentor, building a business, working on your health goals and empowering others. So if you are someone who would love to get healthier, who loves prioritizing working out and eating well and sharing your story on social media and being a light and uplifting others and would love a way to make extra income, even if it's alongside a full-time career or in the cracks of motherhood, whatever it is, You can build this in a way that feels best to you. So if you want to work with me closely to grow as a person, to become a better mother, to become a better wife, to become a more empowered human being, that is literally what we do every single day. And if you follow me on social media, you already know what we do as coaches. You already know what it looks like to be a successful coach, because that's what I share just my life. And that is what I do. And I would love to help more women have an opportunity to literally transform your health, transform your mindset, transform your community of people that you're surrounded with and be able to transform your financial opportunity with this business. I can't wait to chat with you. If you want some more info about it, go to micafulsomefit.com slash transform your life, put in your email. I will be able to send you all of the nitty gritty beats. And if you want to chat one-on-one with me, I am an open book. Ask me all the questions. Tell me your fears. Tell me your reservations. Ask me if you'd be a good fit I will be honest with you. I can promise you that. So shoot me a message at Micah Folsom Fit and we can chat there. I cannot wait to work with you.
2: And I want, you know, and I want input on what it looks like because I truly believe like the manifesto part of this or the movement part of this is what if we lived in a world where more of us Mm -hmm. were stepping up to our truth and holding each other accountable and being courageous, walking through that fear. I want to live in that world. So a big part of this selfishly for me was like, oh my God, how can I inspire more people? Because ROI for me is really about ripples of impact. And if each one of us can put our droplet in there, we can start changing the way we, I always say, let's be the change we want to see now Mm post-pandemic in our lives, in our businesses, in the world. How can we be that together in greater droves?
0: Yeah, it's giving me goosebumps. I just got off of a retreat that I was doing with my team. So I like... I'm just feeling like, Oh my gosh, so much gratitude. Cause I feel like I have a community of women that we just like, we're just there for each other and we're pushing each other to grow and to be and to. and I'm just feeling so grateful right now that I have these women in my life. Cause I'm like, it really is. It's so uncommon. And it's so, oh. it's so needed.
2: Honestly, and I know you love practical stuff as much as I do. I would say that for anybody listening right now, if you don't feel like you have that in your life, take one tiny step toward it. Yeah, finding even one other person who you can be on this journey with. And then with the aim of growing to or finding a community, I also feel incredibly grateful, incredibly blessed. And I know that I put myself in some really uncomfortable places in order to find yes, who are now in my life. And I'm guessing you did as well. Totally make that a priority. I did a whole solo podcast on like the greatest investment we can make is in ourselves, right? We have to have skin in the game of life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned practicing radical self-commitment. Can you go into that? Let's talk about that.
2: Yeah. So this was sort of my, I mean, everything I do has a bit of like a rebel flair to it.
0: Because, I love it. I
2: mean, <laughs> the subtitle of my book is a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. So yes, I'm a rebel because I left the corporate world, but, and I'm a rebel because I want to be my authentic self in a world that doesn't necessarily want me to be my big, bold, badass, authentic self. Right. Yeah. Um, and so this idea of radical self-commitment to me is really cool because we I especially like this concept, not only in our own lives, but I like this concept as something that I think corporate culture desperately needs so i think about it in life and leadership which also in my mind are one in the same and it goes beyond self-care so if you think of radical self-commitment as like this big umbrella there are lots of things that sit underneath it it's what is our truth what are our values it is our mental health and well-being it is our physical emotional spiritual health and well-being It is, you know, how are we managing our energy and um, renewing our energy? that's not baked into the way that most of us live and work today. Yeah, And so I love this idea of serving ourselves first. It's the age old, I don't know who first said it, if it was Tony Robbins or Oprah or whoever, you know, it's the age <laughs> old like oxygen mask on yourself first, but I don't really think we talk about it in a way where it's, where it's that big because boundaries are part of that. If I'm really super clear on what my values are and I'm creating creating boundaries, like inviolable boundaries around those values, man, that's a huge step toward radical self-commitment. Yeah. That's a huge step towards saying, to go back to the beginning of the conversation, I am willing to disappoint you in order to uphold those boundaries and be true to myself and those values. That's one example of radical self-commitment. Another one is just allowing ourselves to be. I mean, think about it. We talked about busyness as a badge of honor. You know, I raised my hand and said, oh my God, I was that person. And now I think about, wow, like I let myself be and play and create space in my life. I have blocks on my calendar that I call meetings, which are me time. They're not meetings like we know them in the corporate world, but they're truly me time where it's like we, I don't believe that we can be the creative, innovative, like amazing humans that we are if we're constantly in do mode. Yep so radical self-commitment if you think about it not only in our lives but think about it in terms of leadership what would it look like in a company if you didn't you know if people weren't incentivized to block their entire day with back-to-back meetings so much so that you can't even find time to pee it's ridiculous yeah right so what does it look like to do that and i i say you know, not only like understand what it looks like to serve ourselves first, to fill ourselves up, to be true to ourselves so that we can serve others more powerfully, but then how do we model that? How do we support that? How do we systematize that? That's like the bigger idea of radical self-commitment to me. I get super excited and yet I'll be the first person to say, I don't know exactly how to do that. I just want to be with a bunch of, I want to be with a bunch of other souls who are like, yes, we need to do that. And together we're going to figure this out, especially inside companies. Cause you know, we're in the midst of the great resignation right now. People are leaving work in droves so clear on what matters most. The pandemic shook us all up. It still is shaking us all up. And I was just reading an article before we jumped in this conversation. And I'm like, Four, it was like over 4 million people have left their jobs in August alone in the U.S., Holy 20 million since April in the U S alone. I mean, this has really shaken us to our core to say, we need to, we want to live in a different way with more flexibility, with more truth. And so I don't know, I just look at this and go like, let's all just band together, like lock arms and figure this thing out. And clearly I only have a little bit of passion around it.
0: (laughs) Right. I love it. I love your passion around this. I think it's just so powerful because I, so many people just continue to go through the motions and stay boxed in to their life that has been kind of forced on them. And it's like, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do, and they're not feeling lit up. They're not feeling excited. They're not feeling passionate. And so I love that. Like your whole mission is to just help ignite that fire and to help them move through that Like that is so powerful because like you said, if more people lived in alignment with their values and their heart and what they are drawn to, oh my gosh, can you imagine how different the world would be? How, how the stress levels would go down and the anxiety and the depression and everything that people are so bogged down by. It's like this alone would, would truly make such an impact with all of that.
2: Well, and can we just—I mean—that's another thing that I am a massive advocate for. So I talk in the book about my own struggles with mental health. Yeah. And I—I I, I donate a portion of the proceeds to an organization called the Life Is Priceless Foundation because we lost my friend David Price to suicide oh, wow. um, in uh, many—well, now nine, I believe, nine years ago. And, um, oh God, nine years ago this month, I think it is. I just got another set of head to toe goosebumps. Um, and I really believe that so much of this is like because we don't take the time off, we've got this hustle and grind, you know, yes. culture. Um, mentality, we, you know, it's like, I say flip the time off script because it is so baffling to me. Like, Europe and other, Australia and other parts of the world have this more figured out than we do. Here in the U.S., it's like, Oh yeah you get 10 days off you don't get there's nothing called a mental health day in most organizations Mm -hmm. yes some progressive organizations are doing this and i say amen to those who are and to leaders who are giving this to their teams but to me it's about like what if time off was the prerequisite for showing up as your best self as an incredible leader to be as creative and innovative and productive right yeah. why is it always this afterthought thing adam grant said something recently he's like play isn't something that happens after our to-do list it's something that should be on our to-do list and yes. I was like, yes 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 So I think about that, like to me, that's also, I I talk about it as a different principle in my work, but it's also part of radical self-commitment, like permission to play, permission to understand that we deserve pleasure, that it's not this thing that we have to like work, 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 work until we're so exhausted we can't even enjoy it anymore. Because we're not showing up as our best selves and our most energetic selves when we approach life that way.
0: I totally agree. It's so interesting. I feel like I've been on my own little sabbatical the past couple of years and I have been, so I'm a mama of five. I've been building my business from home for the past eight years. And it's like, it gives me so much joy and I love it. But the first few years were that like grind, 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 hustle, hustle, wow. hustle. And it was so interesting when I started to just really block out time to fully unplug fully, like, let myself just be fully, not like, not look at social media and not feel like I had to be on how different I was able to show up yes. when I was back on. And it's like, we need that. We need that so much. We need to be able to disengage. We need to be able to unplug. We need to be able to silence all of the chatter and all the clutter and all of the stuff that we have going on in order to feel energized and in order to show up. Totally. In, in the way that we need to.
2: And can I just acknowledge you? So I, I call people like you soul models. Cause like, to me, it's like role model taken to a totally different level. Like this idea that you are living this way of being out loud and you're showing other people it's possible. And honestly, sometimes I get dinged and this is stuff where I'm like, Hey, you know what? Take the medicine or don't take the medicine. But I get dinged because I'm a divorced woman who has no children. And listen, I call all of that out in the book. I'm like, this is who I am, right? I make no bones about it. I don't pretend that I have, you know, ten kids in the (laughs) back room. However, I believe we can all make these choices, and so I love that you're living this out loud and showing us that it's possible. And. I have another good friend who's, she has two kids and, and I have examples. I wrote stories on three people in my life who have families, who have partners, who have all the things, who've all done their version of sabbatical to say, this is possible. You're yeah. living solbatical. And another friend of mine, she has two kids, husband, they are both entrepreneurs and she takes two hours to herself every single day to do what she needs to do exactly as you just described. Yes, it's so like, essential. You're nuts. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's impossible. And she's like, no, actually it's not. And it right. has changed my life. It's changed my relationship with my husband. It's changed like how my kids see me as a mom and how available I am to them, how available I am to myself. Yeah. So all I can say is preach, sister, keep doing it because we need more soul models in the world.
0: It really is. It really I feel like it's so just like the busy badge of honor. It's like put on a pedestal, how exhausting motherhood has to be. Yeah. And I'm like, it, but, it, but it really doesn't. Yes. It's hard. Motherhood is freaking hard, but it doesn't have to be exhausting and it doesn't have to be like, you're the last one on the list and you don't take care of yourself and you're, you should always be run down and you should always be hiding in your closet, trying to get a moment like, no, stop living that way. Like it does not have to be that way, but I do feel like it, it has come from a lot of learning on what do I need first? What do I need to put that oxygen mask on to feel my best to gain, to, to kind of gain patience because Holy crap, that is the thing that I feel like when I don't take care of myself first, my patience is out the door. And I am like momster, not a good human not fair to my kids. So if you're a mother who is listening and being like, oh, but my kids need me every second and I'm here for them. And that is my sole purpose. I was that person. Like when I was first a mom and I learned really quickly that they were getting the worst of me because I was trying to give them all I had instead of getting the best of me because I was Selfish enough to take care of myself—it's the most selfless thing you can do.
2: Self first is not selfish. I say it all the time, and it's so essential. Oh my god! Especially as a mom. So yeah, I I love that that you're doing that and that you're showing people it's possible. And let's be honest—I mean. I always go back to tiny steps Ariana Huffington says micro actions everybody has their language around this and I love this idea, I always say to anybody in my world you've heard me say this before every badass accomplishment is a series of tiny steps. So, so give yourself a break too to say, all I have to do is do one little thing, right? Yeah. It's kind of like BJ Fogg's, you know, tiny habits.
0: Yes. Just I love that one book. One
2: little thing. Cause it can feel so freaking overwhelming. And I'm sure as you were figuring this out and going, I don't want to be that momster anymore. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to be, I love that word, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't want to be that exhausted human. Who's not showing up for anyone in my life. Yeah. So what's one tiny thing. And then that feels so good. You do the next time tiny thing in the next tiny thing. And then one day you wake up, like, you're like, Oh, I transformed my entire life. Like this it's is so amazing. true.
0: It really is. And it's all of those little things. And and if you, you don't wait to have the energy to do it, this is also what I hear all the time. Like, Oh, I'm just, I just don't have the energy to move my body. I don't have the energy to, to do whatever it is. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Energy is generated. You generate the energy because most people don't feel like it in the morning to get up out of bed or to do the, do the work. But as soon as you're done, you feel on top of the world and you're like, okay, now I can do life. Now I can, now I can handle anything that's going to be thrown my way. So don't wait for the energy. You have, you can't
2: let's be honest when we're when we're tired like what you described when you're like patience is the first thing to go out the window yes when we're tired our boundaries are the first things to fall as well so true right so when yeah. if, if we if we like loop this whole thing in with this concept of radical self-commitment it's like wow i i have to recognize that i can't uphold my own boundaries of what's most important to me unless i'm showing up from that place of like being filled up and fueled yeah. and energized and all of that stuff right because i know i live that and i still live that right i mean this is this is <laughs> this is a forever process yeah. but i'm good at catching myself in it now where i'm like oh, 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 sister, you are so tired that you literally just said yes to something (laughs) that you have zero desire to do. Yeah. Back up, check in, right? We all do it. It's It's a matter of being able to catch it earlier in the process where you go, that was not an aligned yes. Yes. That was not sincere. That was not true to me. I need to back up. And even if it means going and having to clean up a mess that I made and say, you know what? Actually, I, I can't do that thing. Um, then you know what? I always feel better about it. It may be uncomfortable in the moment, but I always feel better about it because it means I upheld the boundary and I didn't want to disappoint myself. And I was paying attention to my energy, like you said. And when my energy goes, I can't show up like this. I mean, look at how you and I are showing up right now. It's like, if I wasn't practicing when I practice and getting good sleep and all the things that are important to me, I couldn't show up for this conversation with all of the like vigor and passion that I have in me.
0: Yeah. You couldn't do what you're here on earth to do. If you didn't take care of that first. Amen. So what are the practices?
2: Yeah. That's what I'm here to serve.
0: I love it. And what are the practices that you've found have helped you manage and just really renew that energy on a daily basis?
2: Yeah. My favorite one. It's funny. I looked down. I'm like, do I have them in front of me? So I know we're not on camera, but I'm going to show you. So I'm holding my orange post-it notes and this is something that i anybody who has been in my world for a while has heard me talk about this i write myself this was i learned this from brene brown i write love myself her. a permission slip or a series of permission slips i happen to love orange like orange is literally the thing that gets me excited and it's one of the things that like lights me up in the morning so as you can see there's a lot of orange around me um it's so vibrant and bold and badass so i write myself permission slips what do i need to do not do or feel today in order to show up as my most badass self or my most authentic self my most powerful self you can write that question however you want to write that question whatever will serve you but that's what I put here and some days like today I this, was in the, this is in the middle of my day, this conversation we're having. And I felt this temptation to start filling stuff in around it. And I was like, no, today I give myself permission to be. I wanna show up as my badass self in this conversation. And then I wanna give myself time to just go read a book, right? I want to give myself time and space before I have something else in a couple of hours. And sometimes it really is like, that's that, right? That to, that permission slip, yeah. giving ourselves permission to rest, permission to play, permission to not get caught up in busyness. Sometimes it's just permission to like lay back down and cry. I have for sure had those mornings where it's like, oh, I'm just just not in it right now. Like I just need to feel all the feels I need to go, oh my God, what is happening to my business? What have I done? What am I, oh my (laughs) God, is anybody even like, I say I'm on a mission to liberate a billion souls. I'm like, did I even touch one soul yesterday? Like I totally have those days. Sometimes it's permission to just spend an hour in my own, you know, woe is me mode so I can get out of it and move on.
0: That's love okay it. too, right? Yeah. And I love that it's a daily practice for you. Like it's a daily, what is most important for me today? Like, how can I show up and be my best? And yes. that's such a simple practice that anyone can implement. And that will totally change the way you show up in every area. And that's the powerful thing. I feel like lots of people struggle with time. They struggle with time management. They struggle with, it's really just a discipline thing. It's like you said, it's, it's being a hundred percent where you are, whether that's working while you're working, unplugging while you're unplugging, like not feeling like you need to work when you're unplugged and you need to unplug when you're worked and you need to do this with your kids when you're not like, just align your energy with where you are and you'll feel so much less. Ugh, just like everything is weighing on you oh, when you're really. when you're when you're letting everything drag over and that's where the boundaries come in yeah I feel like this is such a a thing that people just need to practice. It's just it practice. Is. And you
2: know what, as my coach always says, do the reps. Oh, I <laughs> right? love it. She's yeah. Like, yeah. She's like, Shelly do the reps. And so, yeah. I mean, if it makes anybody feel better, I'll, like I'm in it, clearly you're in it. We yep. have to do the reps every day. And you brought up two things that are really important to me. And these are, I guess I would call the practical aspects to things that I do in my life, right? One of them is this idea of energy management. So you just said that so more beautifully than I could ever explain it. But I wrote in the book, I'll never forget. There was a line where I was like, wow, what if we approached our lives thinking about energy management every day versus time management yes. every day? And so I've started to adopt that over the past five years and I'm getting better at that and better at it right thinking about like today was a good example I'm like I want to be on fire for this conversation and I want to be on fire for a conversation that I have about a speaking engagement later on this afternoon. It would behoove me if I really want to think about my energy versus my time to not fill in the blanks on the rest of my calendar, to do my workout in the morning, to do my morning routine, to let myself be, to show up for this, let myself be again, show up for the speaking engagement, and then go out to dinner with a friend. Oh my God, revolutionary.
0: (laughs) It's so true though. I love energy. Oh my gosh. I just love that you're talking about this because that is more important than the time management. And when when you learn how to manage your energy, you'll manage your time. Like they go hand in hand, but the energy happens first.
2: Oh, when you learn how to manage your energy, you'll figure out how to manage your time. That's a quotable. That's amazing. (laughs) It's so, it's so true. And I'll be honest, it took me forever to figure that out. And I can see like, sometimes there's like, I did this whole ritual when in the early days of my sabbatical, anybody who reads the book and when I send you the book, um, you'll read that I I traveled a lot in the early days and the the most transformational place for me was time I spent in New Zealand. It is 100% like my spirit land and i didn't know that before but i discovered that while i was there and i ended up doing this ritual after i did some really deep inner work while i was there i was kind of like forced by this monsoon to be stuck alone in this little cottage and i thought like the ocean was going to come into my living room and i was like freaking out and melting down having an identity crisis And when I came out of it, I realized that this was the beginning of the next chapter of my life. And I went to this very meaningful point, and it's like the northwest tip of the northern island of New Zealand, and it's called Cape Ranga. And the the Maori people believe it's where the Tasman Sea and the Pacific Ocean, like, collide together, and it's, like, super turbulent. And there are all these stories, but they believe that's where your spirit jumps off into the underworld after you pass oh wow and so i drove there and i did this little ritual where i said goodbye to corporate shelly and hello to soulful shelly and that was the beginning of me really stepping into my truth that you know i'm still doing every single day and the reason i bring that up is because i can still feel vestiges of corporate shelly like hanging around i'm sure mm-hmm. it's in the form of my ego right my ego's like yeah but you're not doing enough and look at what those people are doing and i see all the hustle and grind especially on social media i feel exhausted just reading it so i don't know why i'm listening to my ego right what am i doing but i still i still you know it's it's a it's a daily awareness and practice like we said earlier but that has been really important so i i like thinking about it that way it's like what is that for you what are you i think about it as like I did like an, I am, I call it the, I am manifesto, right? What's your own personal manifesto about like who you are, not titles, not accolades, not all the things, but who am I like at yeah. my core and how do I, how am I showing, showing up? And that's really helped me to stay grounded. And it reminds me of who I be right, because versus what I do. And so I invite anybody and everybody listening to this to also think about like, what's on your to-be list? Because we all have these ridiculously long to-do lists. And to me, like today, I was like, ah, oh, my to-be list is to be present. It was that simple. When I wrote it out this morning, I was like, I don't actually feel called to put anything else on that list. I want to be fully present and fully energized like in the moment and not be, you know, thinking about a zillion other things. I didn't even look at a to-do list today because I thought, well, I don't want that in the back of my head while I do some important, have some important conversations today. Yeah. And some days we don't have the luxury of doing that, but then it's like, but we usually have more luxury than we're allowing ourselves.
0: (laughs) I think that's so powerful that gave me, me goosebumps. If you may, if you swapped your to be list or you swapped your to-do list with a to-be list, I would bet that you would crush way more off of your to-do list because you're simply being the best version of yourself. Whether that's, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to be disciplined if you showed up that version of yourself, you would do the most important things on your to-do list. And I bet all of the fluffy stuff that you feel like you need to do, but it probably doesn't really need to get done would just fall to the wayside. Like it should, because you're being the best version of yourself.
2: It's so true. And again, it's it powerful back to boundaries, right? Because when oh, I'm yeah. being the best version of myself, I'm not tempted to be like, yeah, fine. I'll do the thing while I'm resentful. Yep. rolling My eyes. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. So
2: those are some fun things. And everybody should have meetings on their calendars. hundred percent. Right? Every day. That's a good practical. One of my, I run this um, group of like C-suite women that I do for the chief organization. And one of the women has made this her own and she calls it me 30. So those are her 30 minute blocks. And she has this a la carte list of things she can choose from. She starts 30 minutes by saying, What do I need in this moment? She checks in with her body and her soul. And then she decides how she's going to use that 30 minutes. And now she's expanding it to 60 minutes. So play with it. Have fun. Make it your own. Right. Like I don't own any of this. I just want to share what I learned and share what I've been practicing, you know, and uh want you to have fun with it.
0: I love it for any of our listeners. We have a ton of listeners who work from home, who are building businesses online, who are like, they're in the hustle. They're in the grind. I would challenge you all to incorporate the meetings and the me 30, like before you show up to do the work, to do the stuff that's building your business, check your state, change your state, take care of your soul, and then get to work. You will have incredibly different results. If you show up with that energy and that just that purpose versus just like showing up to go through the motions again. And I feel like that's probably what happens nine times out of 10.
2: Yeah. And then it takes us forever. This happened to me last night. I was writing my newsletter. I was exhausted. I was sitting on my couch with my laptop. I knew better than to (laughs) let myself go on because there was like, I, the words weren't flowing. I wasn't feeling it. It was so much easier than I was making it. I should have just shut the laptop and looked at it with fresh eyes this morning, I finally did. And when I looked at it with fresh eyes this morning, I was like in five minutes, I was like, great. Oh yeah, those were like the loose ends. That looks great. Send it off to the team. And it was just so funny. I'm like, oh, I had to learn that one again.
0: Right. And that's not, I mean, you're not the only one we might know something you, we might know something, but we have to relearn and relearn and revisit. And that's just awareness. That's just staying like, Oh, I love it. But that's the beauty of it. Our journey never ends. You never grow to a certain point. And then you're like, all right, I made it. I know all the things like, Nope, you get to continue to progress, continue to grow, continue to evolve. And that's life. That's the beauty of it. Yeah,
2: it's as my coach always says to me, we it's who we're becoming in the process yes right and i invite everybody to think about it is it's who we're becoming the process there's not a there there there's not a destination i mean hell if there was a destination i probably would have been at it when i was chief marketing officer of harley davidson right it's like oh and wait, success
0: empty right yeah and <laughs> success
2: empty it's like oh wait wasn't this the thing i was working yes. for my entire life and it's like Oh, okay. No. So that was part of the journey of becoming that got me here. It. And I'm super excited to see the, you know, to continue the becoming yeah. and where I'm on the way to. And I've, I am practicing trust and surrender because that's freaking hard and it's what's required as we're on this journey. We don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I could talk to you forever. This is just lighting everything within me on fire. Like I love all of this conversation. I want this for more women. I want, I feel like, I mean, and men, but I feel like women put such a stronghold on their shoulds. I should do this. I should do this. I should do this. And they don't even allow themselves to be like, but what do I actually want? What do I actually want? And how can I then step into that? And if more women did that, we would have a, oh my gosh, completely different world, completely different.
2: Oh, I want that world. I am with you. I know this won't be the last time you and I have a conversation. So we're going to, well, like somehow we're staying aligned and supporting each other's work and all the things. I I love it. And there are some other exercises in the book. So if anyone feels called to pick up the book, you can buy it at your local book, you can buy it on Amazon, but it's, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. And if any of this lit you up, dive into the book. It'll help you do the work on this journey and your own process of becoming.
0: I love it. You guys go get her book. I can promise you as a business mentor, it doesn't matter the work that you do if you're coming from an inauthentic place. So if you're feeling like there's friction in the work that you're doing, I don't care what line of work you're in. Do this work, do the internal work. When you truly show up as your fullest self aligned with your mission and your purpose and your values and who you are, the stuff you do after that point will be completely different than what it feels like now, if you're feeling misaligned. So go grab her book, please.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah. And give yourself process to evolve on the way, right? Yes. I love it. Constant evolution.
0: It's the the beautiful part of life. Evolution. You're like no more coasting, no more just being like, let's grow, let's evolve, let's innovate, let's become. That's what this is all about.
2: Amen, sister.
0: (laughs) Yes. Where can they find you? Are you on social media? Where can they find you?
2: Yes. So I am, um, Instagram's my playground at Sylbatical, awesome. and Sylbatical has two B's and one T. I always tell people that because when you're searching for whether it's for me on the socials or, or my book, just remember that. Um, and Shelly Paxton on LinkedIn. I mean, honestly, those are really the two socials that I show up on most, uh, most frequently. And my website is soulbatical.com. If you want to dig around and if you're looking for another favorite podcast, because <laughs> I certainly that, you know, you could sit alongside, do your crap. <laughs> I love it is, um, it, mine is called rebel souls. And it, it explores, you know, a lot of the same stuff that that you do, but I'm really talking to people who are flipping the middle, middle finger to the status quo. So what does it look like to rewrite our script of success? And it's going to look different for you, for me, for anybody listening to this conversation. And I want to make that the norm, right? Yeah. Not that society is defining what success looks like so that we can all live these successful lives. So come join us on Rebel Souls if you're looking for something else to add to your, add to your queue. Yes. I'm add it to your junkie, list. So add it to your <laughs> list. You
0: guys, her energy is contagious. So we want more Shelly in our lives. That's for sure. Thank you. Well, you guys share with us what resonated Shelly. Thank you so much for being on you are oh fire. God. You are thank just you. so much goodness in the world right now. <laughs> oh, so,
2: are, so, are you? Thank you. I really, this is an honor. I love having these conversations and especially with women who are yeah. as fired up about being the change as I am. And you clearly are. And you're a beautiful soul model. So, thank you.
0: You're the best. Well, you guys, tag us on Instagram. She is at soulbadical. I am at Micah Folsom Fit. Tag us what, with what resonated. Share it with your friends. If more people just truly let go, Of all of the pressure they put on themselves for who they're supposed to be and just truly showed up as they are, as they know within themselves, they are. Oh my gosh, what a world that would be. So share this with your friends so that we can create more of those human beings because that's who I want to hang out with.
2: Amen. Thank you, Micah. That's that was a beautiful summary.
0: All right, Shelly, you're the bomb. I'm so excited to dig into your book and you guys go grab it before you before you get distracted by motherhood, by your business, by life, go to Amazon, grab it right now and do yourself a favor. Okay. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.